The January window is now upon us, which means the U.S. men's national team is going to be facing three opponents in the next week to see if they can get a little bit closer to Qatar 2022. Jack and I break down the players that we're taking, the exclusions, the inclusions, who are going to be the key players, as well as how we should line up in every single game to maximize our points and hopefully get on that airplane in November. Stick around, uh, enjoy the show, and leave a rating if you enjoy it. Thanks. Hello and welcome back to a brand new deep dive episode on the final third. My name is Jack and I'm a Chelsea fan, a Minnesota United fan, an Atalanta fan, a French national team fan, and very relevant to our video today, or audio, I guess, (laughs) today. I am a U.S. men's national team fan because that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about the U.S. men's national team January window that's coming up for World Cup qualifying. But before we get into that, I'm here with AJ, of course. Yeah, I'm AJ Spura, the other co-host, a fan of just like Jack, Minnesota United, not like Jack, West Ham United, and back to just like Jack, the U.S. national teams, men's and women's. The women's are having uh, their... January camp as well, getting ready for the She Believes Cup. And I'm sure we'll talk about that excitement. But today, specifically, we're talking about a very, very important January camp window for the men's national team as they try to book their ticket to Qatar 2022. I I never really internalized until right now, but the World Cup is going to be later on this year. Jack, it, that that's crazy because you, you got into the you really got into soccer in the 2018 World Cup. So we're, we're coming back around. Yeah, and it's it's still a shame that it's going to be in the winter instead and in of Qatar. Yeah. yeah, and in Qatar. Actually, let's pri- let's reorganize that list first. The sad part is that it's going to be in Qatar, which right, means sure. it's going to be in the winter. We, we got to get our priorities r- right here. Yeah, but hopefully for the U.S. national team's case and for the fans, they are on that flight to Qatar later on in November, and a lot of that comes down to this window right here. And so Jack and I, you know, we've done this before for the previous windows. We're going to be talking about the roster, talk about the key players, what to expect from those players, as well as some inclusions, exclusions that seem pretty surprising. And then we're going to go into how the U.S. should line up and really tackle these games to get the most points possible, while at the same time, balancing player health with performance on the pitch and we'll also go into i think the most important question that we always tackle in these types of previews is what makes a successful window what should we expect and what do we should we expect to see from this u.s team if we want to qualify and yeah to get things started i'll you know do a little overview of where we are right now it's uh, 2021 ended pretty well for the U.S. in terms of World Cup qualifying. We had some ups and downs, some draws to, I want to say, El Salvador. And then we drew to Canada at home. And then pretty embarrassing to sad loss against Panama. But overall, you know, we, we have uh, four wins out of the eight games that we've played so far. And we have 15 points, which makes us second in our CONCACAF qualifying uh, Ocho, one might say, and just a quick primer for the listeners: there are eight teams in the this final round of World Cup qualifying. 
every team plays the other team home and away. The top three teams qualify automatically to the World Cup, while the fourth team gets to go and play New Zealand in the Intercontinental Playoff, uh, which is an easier draw, but most likely you're going to want to go for the top three. Right now, thanks to those four wins that I mentioned previously and the 15 points that we're on, we're in second place, one point behind first place Canada, and only one point ahead of fourth place Panama, and Mexico's tied with them as well. But on the, on the plus side, we are six points ahead of fifth place, uh, which is, you know, if you get fifth or lower, you don't make any playoffs or any World Cup at all. And we're six points ahead of that, so, you know, good for us. But we are heading into a very, uh, very difficult window because it's in January in the, in the midst of the, the season. So there's a lot of player fatigue going on. But we're going to be playing at home on January 27th, which is the day that this comes out. El Salvador in Columbus. Then we're going to uh, Hamilton, Canada to take on Canada. And we're going to, Jack, the best city in the uh, well. St. Paul is, you know, uh, you know, it's <laughs> next to one of the best cities in the world, Minneapolis, but one of the best stadiums in North America, Allianz Field. And Jack, we're going to be there against Honduras. How do you feel about that? Um, feeling like we might be a bit cold because, think- uh, yeah, <laughs> we, we had, um, we had a very celebrated local weatherman comment on our post and tell us that. Yeah, it's going to be quite a bit colder than you think, but we're going to bundle up and we're going to be there because this will be the first time a World Cup qualifier gets played in Minnesota, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and uh, I have to figure the tickets out a little bit. We have the tickets. I just need to figure out the logistics of it, but it looks like we'll be in the supporter section. So I don't know if you guys see us. I know we have some local Minnesota listeners here. If you guys see us in the stands, uh, don't buy us a drink or anything. In fact, and do buy us drink, buy, buy us like hot cocoa or something. Cause we're going to need, yeah, you know yep. what I mean? Buy, buy us an extra scarf. Cause I'll probably be wearing five. Yeah. yeah. That, that'll be yeah. a lot of fun. And we'll get into that game in particular, but Jack, let's get into some of this roster. Do you want to start uh, with the goalkeepers? I feel like that's what we usually do. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think starting with goalkeepers makes sense. They usually were the number one on your team. So yeah, uh, why not start there? Yeah. Well, but, st- yeah. Do you want to walk us through uh, the the players that made the goalkeeper list here? Sure. Uh, The goalkeepers that are physically on the list. (laughs) Yes, yes. uh, Which is an important distinction that we'll get to. We have Sean Johnson from uh, reigning MLS champs, NYCFC. Yes. We've got Gabriel or Gaga Slonina Mm -hmm. from Chicago Fire, getting a lot of interest from Premier League clubs, supposedly. We've got Zach Steffen from Manchester City. And we've got Matt Turner from the New England Revolution, who is also getting quite a bit of Premier League uh, attention, potentially to be signed this window. Yeah, and I believe that he was the goalkeeper of the year in MLS. This is true, yes. Yes, and he led both the U.S. men's national team and New England to silverware last season. Jack alluded to, you know, the player's physically be on the list because just because you're on the list doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to be there. Case in point, Zach Steffen has suffered a little bit of a a minor back injury and is currently not even with the team in Columbus. He's currently still in England. And at this point, considering that we are less than 24 hours from kickoff, I have high doubts that he's going to be there. (laughs) And even though they are looking to bring him in later on in the window, 
I personally wouldn't risk it because this is the nice thing about having two very good goalkeepers is that if one is out, Matt Turner is a fine pick. Jack, do you think that uh, Zach Steffen is pertinent to this window at all? Uh, I don't think he'll play in this window. I think okay. that recovery is more important. And, um, you know, it is it is kind of sad because Zach Steffen, I'm sure he would have loved to come back and play in Columbus where he, he played for a That's few right. years before going overseas. So uh, it is a little bit sad for him, I'm sure. But I think it's probably better that he focuses on that injury. Yeah. And when we talk about Matt Turner, one of the things that people bring up is the fact that he plays more, right? Well, it, we're in between the MLS season, so he's a bit out of form. Zach Steffen, of course, you know, kind of rides the bench for City in the league, but his last game was against Swindon Town in the in the FA Cup, so that wasn't too long ago. So January seventh, yeah, yeah, it, it, it probably would have been nice to have Zach Steffen here, but Matt Turner is a very good goalkeeper, rumored to be joining Arsenal uh, very soon. So a, a, lot, a lot of excitement around him, and I think he'll do a great job. Uh, Gaga Slonina, only 17 years old, getting Premier League attention, and he's gotten a ton of accolades, even from Greg, who said he's been very, very professional for being 17 years old. I think he's got a bright future, and he's doing well on the field also. I'd be surprised if he gets any playing time at all like very very surprised but it's good to have him on the team right yeah yeah and also uh speaking of high praise for him uh tony miola earlier today i believe oh, wow, yeah called him the next gg buffon that's so that's quite an that's quite that's, a comparison right there but yeah. if, if he hey you know what if he becomes that i'm not gonna be mad at all yeah minus all like the the personal baggage you know that's yeah you know, yep. I, mm-hmm. yeah yeah just 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 the player i'd love just, that just the player yep yeah exactly yeah. great yeah so it's good to have him get some experience especially if we want to eventually incorporate him to the 2026 world cup who knows who knows but yes goalkeepers pretty lukewarm on that well it's you good for, you, you forgot one of them to talk about real quick Sean Johnson? Yeah, you, you got to talk about Sean Johnson. Oh, he's Sean Johnson. I mean, he's he's 32, he's NYCFC, a, a great backup goalkeeper to uh, Matt Turner this window. Uh, if he gets called in uh, to action, I think he'll do a good enough job. Do you have anything else to say about Sean Johnson? I mean, I will say that there is a there is a possibility that he does end up playing in this window. Uh, that is true. I, because if Matt Turner ends up getting signed for Arsenal, right, he's probably going to have to go to London to sign that contract, which means he's not going to be able to play. That would suck so much for him to not. I Yes, know. but also signing abroad for a European team is pretty, <sighs> even if it's Arsenal is still pretty cool. Uh, I, but yeah, yeah, but yeah. So Sean Johnson, you know, he, he could be playing. And that also means that given that we'd only have two goalkeepers, it's not out of out like unfathomable fathomable yeah that that's the sure. right word that uh gabriel slonina plays as well so i i think that could be very interesting but okay all right uh, i i hey i wouldn't mind seeing him uh seeing the 17 year old make his debut at allianz field oh. i wouldn't mind it it would be it would be interesting for sure yeah, that, that that would be interesting i i think i'd be I, i'd be shaking not just from the cold but also from <laughs> nerves seeing him in goal all right let's move on to the defenders the fullbacks a, a, a lot to discuss here. Uh, we have DeAndre Yedlin, who 
I think is now newly a free agent. I think him and Galatasaray have uh, parted ways and, you know, good defender there. Uh, we have Reggie Cannon from Boa Vista, Sergio Dest from FC Barcelona, who just came back from a groin injury and coronavirus in the space of two months. So uh, a, a lot to come back into. And uh, Brooks Lennon of Atlanta United. Those are the, the right backs that we took on. Uh, we only actually took on one natural left back, which is Anthony nice. Robinson uh, from a Fulham FC in the championship, who are doing very well. Jack, what do you think of our uh, fullback list there? Um, can I talk about the the elephant in the room with the, with the fullback position? Well, well I, I truly do not know what you mean. Really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just just um, Joe Scally for Borussia yes. Mönchengladbach. Should have been called up yeah. this window. And, and we've uh, both been very high on him oh, this yeah. season. He, he's been great this season. Uh, Mönchengladbach haven't been great this season as a team, but... He's been a pretty good player for them, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. He he played well against Bayern both times they played against them, uh, and he's just been a solid player that's been developing pretty well uh, over in the Bundesliga. You know, it, it's it's good to see. Uh, that being said, they are still twelfth in the league, but that doesn't mean that he's been playing poorly at all. Yeah. So I I think that he should have made it in to this team. Yeah. Uh, but. Apparently not. Yeah, and no offense to Brooks Lennon. I I, I think he is a, a very serviceable, good Atlanta United MLS defender, but I think even Atlanta United fans will tell you that he's a good, very good MLS defender. National team level? I, I don't know, and I, I, I honestly don't know what Brooks Lennon has done that's better than Joe Scally, whether it be uh, for club or for showing potential with the national team it's not like brooks lennon is in form mls hasn't even started yet uh i know i believe joe scally may have had covid recently so if that's the reason that's a lot more reasonable but in order for you know us to get our angst out i'll blame it on burhalter and his <laughs> mls quota so to speak i don't know no well also i mean if you're talking about fullbacks that we could have called up instead I- why not George Bello, right? He he's played yeah. for the national team, played True, yeah. well. Uh, may, it, I, and you can't even I, say I, it's Atlanta United bias because they're both from Atlanta United. Brooks yeah, Lennon, and I, so. I think George Bello is the better fullback yeah. out of Atlanta United. So I, sure. I don't know. Hey, or or even even going beyond that, Sam Vines is also a left back playing for Royal Antwerp, I want to yep, say. Yep. Yeah. And. You know, he, it's not like he's not settled in that club and needs time to settle. He's He's been there for, for a good chunk of time. So I I, I just don't know why uh, why, why we have to have Brooks, Brooks uh, Lennon here. I, I will say Yedlin, I, I definitely understand. You know, good defender. He has been a liability before. Looking back to that uh, Canada goal that tied it up, you know, he, he was definitely at fault there. Reggie Cannon, I feel like, is on not great form but if you're if you're gonna have a good right back contingent i i understand having him there honestly i would also like to see scally over him too yedlin i understand cannon not so much serginio dest i think is is an interesting name because a he's obviously a key player for us b obviously coming back from injury it's a concern to really you know play him 
for extended amounts of time for three games in a row. But when you look at our depth at right back, do you really trust anyone else to slot in for him for a, a whole 90 minutes? Jack, what, what, what do you think about that? Do we have to stick with Dest, or do you think we can put Yedlin in there or something? Yedlin is the next best option. That doesn't mean he's a ser- he's as serviceable of an option as Serginio Dest. Uh, Dest also gives me a little bit of worries because there's been a ton of transfer speculation about him. And so if he has to go sign a a contract as well, uh, that means that we're staring at either Reggie Cannon, Brooks Lennon, or uh, or DeAndre Yedlin starting uh, probably for the game that we're going to go see if if that happens. So, yeah, uh, it, it could be interesting. I think out of those three, I'd probably trust Yedlin more. You know, he, he's been, he's been decent for Galatasaray. Um, he's been good enough for the U S men's (laughs) national team. Good Uh, enough is exactly how I describe any fullback, any right back, not named Sertino does. Yeah, that's, that's about it. Yeah. All right. And on the opposite side, the player that I'm probably going to expect is going to be the left back for most, if not all the minutes in this window is Anthony Robinson, who's been absolutely key for Fulham there's been some rumors of him moving to another Premier League club or abroad and Fulham fans do not want it he's had four assists in fact just recently in like a 6-2 drubbing of Birmingham City he's gotten a goal and an assist uh Jack I, I know you you like to watch the championship how how good has Fulham and Robinson been uh this season uh how good have Fulham been uh well they're the best team in the championship for All right. one. Uh, so they score a ton. Also, Anthony Robinson in terms of Fulham, according to FootMob, third best player for them. Interesting. He, he has a 7.43 average rating, two goals, four assists. He's been fantastic for them. You know, he he is a very good creative force for them. And it's why players like Mitrovic get so much service. And, you know, Mitrovic is on track to, not to get too sidetracked, but on track to break the championship goals record. He has 27 mm-hmm. goals at this point in the season. They have played 27 games. The previous record is 30 in 46 matches. Right. Like Mitrovic is going to break the championship goal record this season. And a lot of it is because uh, Anthony Robinson has been so good down that left flank. Uh, he And he's been great defensively too. You know, uh, I mean, Fulham have given up so, quite quite a few goals, but the fact that they're creative enough to score a ton more in response, you know, Robinson has a good, has a big part in that. Yeah. I am very excited to see him and Sergio Dest on opposite sides of the flank. I think those are my, if I had to choose a, a full strength 11, those are my two fullbacks and Turner yep. is my goalkeeper. And if, if they're healthy, I'm starting all three, all all three games, I'll, I'll start them. That's what I'm trying to say there. Yeah. Yed, Yedlin, uh, if, if if one of them needs a rest, sure. But I I don't think I fully trust those other fullbacks. Moving on to center backs, Jack, do you want to uh, give us the rundown on who we brought into camp there? Yeah. Um, this is probably one of the more controversial aspects of the roster. I'd say but- so. We have Mark McKenzie of, of Hank, Genk, Genk, sure. one of those three. We've got Chris Richards from Hoffenheim, on loan from Bayern, of course. 
We have Miles Robinson from Atlanta United, and we've got Walker Zimmerman of Nashville SC. Mm-hmm. So four solid center back options. I don't think I forgot anyone on that list. Yeah, yeah, I don't think you did. I, I think maybe Greg forgot someone. Yeah, yeah, uh, the, you the could el- say that. Yeah, there's another elephant in the room here. And if I can uh, talk about that, that would be a certain John Brooks of VFL Wolfsburg. And I, I'd say of these picks, I'd say three out of four are great. I, I think three out of four are definitely the, the, the center backs that you pick like nine out of ten times. And I'm talking about Robinson, Zimmerman, Richards, all of them have either proven themselves in club form or uh, on country form. And I think those are the two criteria you really have to look at in order to pick your players for a roster. Mark McKenzie, like he's been <laughs> great for Jenk recently, even getting some, you know, bona fide man at the man performances. I don't think he's really performed well enough long enough for him to be consistent and when Berhalter mentions that Brooks got dropped because of form, well, McKenzie only started getting good this past month. And Brooks has been out with injury. I understand that. He's, you know, he he got pretty much benched like last month. But he's still our best defender on paper. And although he's also had some mistakes for this national team, I, I know it's, it's not a pretty picture I'm painting for, for Brooks, but he like really is one of our best defender, our best defender, period. And the fact that you're not even going to take a chance on him, even if even if you bench him, like, fine. But to not even call him in, when you have Mark McKenzie, who is a good, like, fifth or sixth choice center back, but if, if, I, want, if I want Mark McKenzie, then I call in five center backs, and I still keep Brooks in. Jack, do, do you what, what do you think about this uh, John Brooks situation? Uh, here, here's what I'll say about it. Uh, John Brooks getting dropped for having like two, five or six out of ten performances instead of seven or eight out of ten performances doesn't make sense. Uh, you know, every time Mark McKenzie has played for the national team, he's looked a little bit shaky. Yeah. Uh, unless, and this is the key part, unless he was playing next to Brooks. That, mm-hmm. That's when he started to look decent. Uh, you know, John Brooks should be called up to this team. He is our best ball-playing center back. I, I think that he he really should be on this roster. Is his recovery pace a little slow? Yes. But yeah, that's why you and have... he's gotten burned a lot. Yeah, and but that's why you have someone that, like Miles Robinson who who's super fast next to him, right? So you can, so you can mop up those mistakes. You know, it... I mean, he should be on this roster. He is our most experienced center back. That is true. Uh, at least that is in the lines to get called up, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he, he should be in here. Yeah. And not only that. that that's it. Yeah. He should be in here. Yeah. And and, and not only that, I, I just don't understand what Burhalter means by, you know, having 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 Brooks not come in here because of form or whatever and having McKenzie in for whatever reason, especially when you look at another center back that he didn't call in, which was Tim Ream. And I think Burhalter's entire argument kind of falls apart with form when he doesn't call in Tim Ream, who's been playing very well for Fulham, even if it's in the championship. Like, that that's good form. 
Like, like he he's very, very sharp right now. You you call him in like every single window last year when he was not playing at all for Fulham. But the second he starts playing very, very well for Fulham, you drop him like that fundamentally seems kind of confusing to me. And Berhalter, when he talked about Reem, said that he dropped him because of the opponents and the tactical uh, management with that. But what does what does McKenzie bring over the other two, Brooks and Reem, other than mobility? Which, like you said, Richards and Robinson already offer. Uh, and, and to be clear, Jack and I both defend MLS players. We both defend uh, all, all, all of these players that might not be as well-received from the U.S. men's national team. But I think it's pretty clear that John Brooks, even over Miles Robinson and Walker Zimmerman, he's still the best center back. He would he would probably do very, very well in MLS. So I don't know why Mark McKenzie, who's been doing okay in the Belgian league, gets called in over him. But Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll also say, I, I unpopular opinion, I think Tim Ream should have been called in as well. Uh, really, over Mark McKenzie? Sure, yeah. I, I think in general as well, in addition to john brooks because yeah yeah okay good form plus good locker room presence yeah uh, he, sometimes like you need that in uh in a squad of like especially looking at the defense even if like you have john brooks walker zimmerman there a lot of young names on here and that's true. i'm looking at that and thinking you know th- this could use some leadership even if it's not on the field uh so i, I don't know i i think tim ream probably deserves to get called up it, which is weird that I'm defending him because I I, I hate Fulham. So I mean, like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think he, it, it like like you said, if John Brooks doesn't get called up because of form, how does Tim Ream get left behind because uh, based off of form or tactics, whatever? Yeah, and I we've actually talked about Tim Ream before. We both think that he's going to be a pretty good manager based on oh, his, yeah. his leadership. In fact, if he. I'd be very, very happy if he becomes like an assistant coach to Greg Berhalter one day. I think that is a very, very perfect move for him mm-hmm, in the future. For sure. Yeah. Uh, to talk about some of the other center backs, because we kind of harped on Mark McKenzie a little bit too much. Great guy, I should say. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, but Miles Robinson from Atlanta United played very, very well for the U.S. men's national team in the Gold Cup and beyond. He's the clearance king, very mobile as, as a center back. Maybe not the best in terms of uh, ball progression. I, in fact, I'd take Chris Richards over him if we really want to break some lines because Chris Richards has great ball playing ability. In Europe, he's in the top 20% for center backs in terms of expected assists, uh, progressive passes, in addition to tackles and aerials one per 90. So he can really, you know, he's a, he's a Swiss army knife as a center back, which is exactly what you want when you don't have very very star ball playing center backs such as brooks or tim ream and walker zimmerman what else can you say positionally sound was he the the defender of the year again this year i want to say he was i i'm almost so because i can't think of who else would have won it (laughs) yeah exactly and he's just a very positionally sound center back nashville are are very much better when he is on form so Again, those other three names, I'm very comfortable with either of them starting any of the games. Like, if it's Miles or Zimmerman, great. Zimmerman Richards, great. Richards Robinson, great. McKenzie in there, 
that's when I'm going to start. No, again, no offense to McKenzie. <laughs> that's when I start raising some question marks. Greg, Greg listened to this and he's in the lineup for February 2nd now. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. to, just despite you. Hey, hey if, if he's in the lineup, I'll, I'll be screaming his name and in, in mostly good ways, unless he makes a mistake, then I'll, I'll be sad. <laughs> Don't worry about that, Greg. Don't worry about that. All right, let's move on to central midfielders in our four, three, three. Uh, uh, I, I guess I should say with the center backs, Jack, do, do you have any preference for which center backs would start in a full strength 11 at uh, all? First name for me is definitely uh, Richards. Sure. And then next to him, I'd probably go Zimmerman for some experience in the back line. Okay. All right. Uh, again, with these center backs, can't really go wrong with, with those three, if I'm being 100% honest. Uh, but you can go wrong in the central midfield in the number six spot. We have two players. One of them is Tyler Adams of RB Leipzig, and the other is Kellen Acosta of now LAFC, I suppose. Jack, where, T- Tyler Adams, is he going is, is to have to play all three games here? Um, He should play all three games, but... He's probably not going to. And yeah. Kellen Acosta is probably going to play at least one of those, uh, which to be fair, Kellen Acosta, not the worst like six option that you could call up, especially yeah. and especially given that the out and out better number six uh, as an option is out with COVID, which is Gianluca Busio. So uh I, I still I think Acosta, you know, he he almost moved to Europe this season. And I I think had he moved to Europe this offseason, that changes how people thought think about his call up on mm-hmm. hot take potentially. But I, I honestly think that sometimes as U.S. fans, we get too caught up in, oh, is this player in MLS or in Europe as, as a prerequisite to uh, should this player be on the roster? Right. I also think. If I if I were Greg and it was a perfect world, Adams would be starting every game, particularly because it's not like he's been getting too much game time for RB Leipzig. Yeah, he's not been uh, playing as much as he had been before earlier this season. But I, th- I think the reason if there's going to be a reason why he doesn't play all three games, it's because he's currently on the brink of a yellow card suspension. And so I can very easily see him missing out on that first game against El Salvador to make sure that he's eligible for that Canada game because he needs to be able to control that midfield in that Canada game. Hopefully not get a yellow card there so he can play in front of us in Minneapolis. But if there's going to be a game that Acosta plays, I definitely can see it being uh, that El Salvador game. Overall, I'm okay with, with, with the this defensive lineup in central midfield. And yeah, Busio, it sucks to have him gone. But if, if he was if he was healthy, I'd love to have him on here as a backup to Adams. But unfortunately, it's not even like Busio and Adams really play the same position tactically. So it's we really got to figure out that second number six out or else. Well, we'll be... it's obviously Kellen Acosta. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is obviously Kellen Acosta right now. But I, I, I just don't. There's nobody even no, close I, I to. Yeah, at Adam's level. I, I will say, uh, mm-hmm. if you if you just had Kellen Acosta playing against Mexico every game, then 
it, oh, it'd be great. Easy. Like, like that, that's, that's, that's our best six. Kellen Acosta versus Mexico. Oh, that, that's just <laughs> Kellen Acosta against Mexico's ball on door worthy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he just turns on like he goes into FIFA and maxes out his stats whenever he yeah, plays honestly, against Mexico. Yep, yep. Crazy. Put some chem styles on him. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, going on to the number eights, which I think is where people get very happy and very sad when they <laughs> look at the roster at first and then scroll down a little bit. Uh, first is obviously Weston McKenney, Juventus. I would say the most informed player on this roster, bar none. Honestly, maybe hyperbolic, but one of the the, the best central midfielders in Serie A right now on form. Yeah, you know, yeah, that, that's think, that's kind of fair. Yeah, I can think of a few more, but you know, he's he's definitely up there. Uh, Eunice Musa, who while not getting a lot of game time for Valencia, really shows out for the red, white, and blue. We have Luca Della Torre of uh, Heracles, who's played uh, pretty well. I wouldn't expect him to start most of the games, but he's definitely a very, very good reserve player. And we have two names here, Jack. We have one, Christian Roldan, who you know has performed very well as a role player for this you know team. Has uh, 30 appearances, and as a lot of people like to point out, zero goals and zero assists. Now, I'm not saying that that's the only way that we measure a player's importance, because as central midfielders, that's not just your job to get assists and goals. There's other things that you can do to help out a team. But that does show you that he's not a prolific addition to this team in terms of getting on the score sheet. And then another... Sebastian Legette, now of the New England Revolution, who, again, love the guy. I have I have a jersey of him when he was on LA Galaxy, but he has not been playing as well as say some other number eights that are in Europe or even in MLS. He's been he's played in literally every single window that we've had. In 2021, he's obviously one of Burhalter's uh, go-to players in MLS. Jack, McKenney, Musa, Delatore, Legette, Roldan. How do you view this number eight pool? I I think it's I think it's decent. Uh, I, I I mean like yeah. you know uh, kind of like the Joe Hart decent. You know you know the one I'm talking about. Uh, yeah right right. Like that that it, it's there's a lot of things to be happy about with it. You know Eunice Musa. I'd say he's on pretty good form. He he scored a goal against Real Madrid, really good goal, like fantastic yeah. stuff from him. Uh, so that that's that's the kind of player you want in your central midfield, someone who's on that kind of confidence after scoring against one of the best most, most historic teams in Europe. Uh, Weston McKenney, great as well. Uh, those two ideal starters, I think, uh, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. I I. I, I might get a little bit of, of, of hate for this. But oh, I, I forgot that you don't like Della Torre. Well, I, I always not, forget. No, it's not that I don't like him. It's just that it's just that I, I want to see more of him before I make like an opinion on him. So then go watch the Eredivisie, bro. Bro, I don't <laughs> want to watch the Eredivisie. That's the thing. It's, I don't. I don't <laughs> Eredivisie is good. What are you talking about? No, nah, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I, I, I asked PSV this past weekend. It was pretty good. I don't know, man. You check it out. You check it out. Is this an ad for for uh, the Eredivisie? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, if we ever get sponsored by a league, I will completely shill for them. I'll be like, <laughs> yes, the Chinese Super League is great. Go watch it. <laughs> oh no, uh, yeah. but yeah, I, I'm sure Luca Delatore is good. Uh, it's just that I 
I would like to see, you know, some more of him. And I, I, I don't know. It, it, it could, it's probably just because I haven't watched enough Eredivisie. There, there we go. Uh, but sure. Sebastian Legette, Christian Roldan. I, I think, I think Sebastian Legette is fine on this roster. I think he's fine. You know, it, it was an inevitability that he's going to be here. Um, I, I think I don't hate him as much as other people do. Uh, Yes, he has a tendency to back pass, but I if if he's not starting every game, I'm fine with him being there as like a uh-huh. role player. Yeah, sure. That that's that's what I'll say about that. Christian Roldan. I don't know. I'm I I'm not I'm not sure if I if I rate him that highly. I one player that I really would have liked to see in the midfield is Tanner Tessman, uh, who's been very good absolutely, for Valencia. Absolutely. Um you know, he 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 gets outshined by a lot of other players in there. He 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 still is very solid when I've seen him play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I would take Tessman. I take Mahalovic, which has been very good for true, true. Uh, Montreal. Cole Bassett potentially, Caden Clark, uh, Bassett and Clark maybe less so, but definitely Mahalovic and Tessman probably maybe should have deserved a chance there. When I look at Legette and Roldan. I'm actually the opposite of you, Jack. I appreciate Roldan's so what some of what Roldan, you know, what his game is like, how he adds the team despite being on the score sheet. Sebastian Legette, I, I'm a big Sebastian Legette hater, not hater, lover, not lover either. I'm a stan of Sebastian Legette. He's he he. I think he is a good player, but I, even I, who again, I have a jersey of of him, right. I still can't get past the fact that his form this past year for club and country has just been dog water. But, you know, looking on the bright side with our number eights, McKenney, he scored a few headers for Juve and is always his general ball winning and progression remains key for this team. He's going to be really good on corners. I'd love to have him getting his head at the end of it and scoring those goals. Yunus Musa. Honestly, probably one of our most technical players uh, outside of Christian Pulisic, maybe. He'll complement really well with McKenney and Adams, and uh, as well as Wea's ability to get behind defensive lines, I think there's going to be a lot of great link-ups between him and Wea. And De La Torre, I've said it before, I'll say it again, he's just a better Sebastian Legette, miles better. And he, he, even though he's still a backup player, ball retention and passing... He's got Legette beat, and I'm sure I'm sure he'll actually probably start because I really doubt that McKenny and Musa are going to start all three games together. So if there's going to be a player that starts, probably going to be either him or Roldan will fill fill in, and I'd obviously choose Luca Della Torre there. Yeah, all right, that, that's that's fair. Luca Della Torre is probably better than Roldan and probably yeah. better le- than Legette if he's playing in the Netherlands. Yeah. But low bar, low yeah. bar. <laughs> But Tessman and Mihalovic, ooh, that that, w- that would have been very, very spicy. It would have been nice, yeah. And Mihalovic is an MLS player, so again, like it, it, it's not an MLS quota. It's just Burhalter's really likes Sebastian Legette for some reason. And even though I had defended him, I would have taken Tessman or Mihalovic. Anyways, let's talk about some wingers, Jack. Jack, I'll hand it over to you because you actually talked about one of these players recently in, on Twitter. Because he's uh, on your team, so why don't you talk about the wingers a little bit? Yeah, well, for wingers, we've got, um, I mean, a lot of these 
players play on either wing, so I'll 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 just yeah, yeah, do yeah. them all as one group. We've got Brendan Aronson from RB Salzburg. We've got Paul Ariola, formerly of DC United, now of FC Dallas. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, we've got Jordan Morris coming back from injury from Seattle Sounders. We've got Tim Weah, one of AJ's favorite players from Lille. Absolutely. And of course, you can't talk about this roster without Captain America himself, Christian Pulisic Yay. from Chelsea. And, you know, there's been a lot of doubts about Christian Pulisic this season, especially from Chelsea fans. I've never seen a player get so disrespected by their own fan base while also being so good. Christian Pulisic is Chelsea's best dribbler forward. Like, he, he is the one who progresses the ball the best, maybe at the same level as Callum Hudson-Odoi. It's close, I guess, but uh, Pulisic is one of their most direct players. And he constantly gets, like, just harassed on Twitter, it, it feels like, by Chelsea fans who are like, uh, why is he still here? He's just injured all the time. And the the issue is, you know, I, I, I hope this do, his, this doesn't affect his confidence going into this window. But he's been played out of position so often. You know, uh, he's been asked to fill in at right wing back. He's been asked to fill in at like right back, actually, for ha- for like a, a, the yeah. end of a game uh, when Reese James came off injured and they and Chelsea didn't have like uh, a substitute defender. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he, he's he's been asked to play all over and he's tried his best to fill in those roles. But, you know, if you're not starting him in the right position, yeah, he's not going to look very good or very dangerous. That's kind of that just makes sense, right? Like any anything that's out of place isn't going to look as as good as it would if it's in place. That that's mm-hmm. that's what I'll say about Pulisic and Chelsea. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I had nothing else to add because you said it perfectly. Pulisic is going to be one of, if not the key factor for us in these games, especially against Canada, where we really need to dig in deep to try to make use of the chances that we get and hopefully score more than Canada. And despite him having a tough spell in Chelsea, he's still very good, especially if we start him at the left wing or the right wing or whatever he's going to prefer this window. So definitely, definitely the case. Uh, To talk about Tim Weah, one of my favorite players for the U.S. men's national team. Three assists in the league so far. And this is the guy that you want to run back behind, add that verticality, and he is really the 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 go-to winger for us on the right side. If Christian Pulisic is starting on the left, Brendan Aronson also plays very well on the left, so it's a toss-up between him and uh, Aronson. Maybe pick Aronson because Aronson's been a bit healthier. Uh, I, in fact, you know, Wea has been injured uh, recently, so I, I definitely expect him to split time with Aronson. Uh, speaking of Aronson... I think Brendan Aronson is going to be a one of the key factors for the U.S. men's national team going forward and be a key factor right now. I, I saw a stat earlier on Twitter where it said that he's in the top 1% for players uh, in distance covered and not just in the Austrian league where he plays for RB Salzburg, but of all players in the world. And that's the wow. t- type of work rate that you want from a winger to get in behind, to link up with a Pepe or whatever striker is playing. 
exactly exactly what you need he's a great crosser and can even score uh any goal anywhere he wants he's been very pre- prolific for the us men's national team in that regard so whether, whether it's him or Wea starting opposite or Pulisic or maybe them starting together also very very good Jordan Morris Jack I'd love to see your opinion on this because I, I I love Jordan Morris and I honestly love that he's here He's coming off of injury, but that was also he's also been playing pretty much fully with Seattle and the US men's national team since about November. So I think he's doing a lot better now. And if you remember this team's record in 2019, he was I believe the top goal scorer back then. And he he is honestly the impact player that Ariola wishes he was. No offense to Ariola. I, I, I really think that when when it's the 70th minute, way up, he'll sick or Aronson have run the the Honduran, El Salvadoran, Canadian defenders to the ground. And Morris comes in and just starts going ham, just running at defenders. That's exactly the type of impact that you want. And that is his MO. That impact sub ability is really great. Jack, how do you feel about Morris getting added to this team? I, I agree with you. I think he's a good addition to this team. You know, he... He is a great player, and he is a very good system player. I I think that he is the impact sub you need in this kind in in these kinds of games, you know, um, especially against two teams, you know, in El Salvador and Honduras, who are going to be playing this window. They're going to probably defend a lot because they're away from home, and also they tend to defend a lot when they're at home. So yeah. you need that kind of player who's going to be tricky, who's going to be fast, who has good dribbling, who can come off the bench and just destroy opposition defense <laughs> yeah. position like that. That's what you need. Exactly. Uh, I, I feel really bad for him over the past um, few years. You know, he had that loan to Swansea that didn't work out because of an ACL injury. Right. Or was it Achilles or ACL? It was, it was ACL. I remember it was one of the two, and it was. And season. I want to say it was the other knee to the to ACL tear that he had at Seattle a couple years back. Just a very tough luck for him. Yeah. Uh, so I mean that that was really sad for him. Like I don't even like Swansea that much, but I would have loved to see him succeed there. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, that didn't happen. Uh, I I think he's a good addition to this roster. Mm-hmm. Now. Uh- Ariola, yeah, yeah, I was just gonna, I was gonna say Ariola. <laughs> what do you think of that? It's fine. Like it, it's like it's. I I I mean like it's okay. It's I I'm not outright negative about it and saying like there's no position for him on the roster and like there's no chance he should be on here. Like, is he the best player in that position? Absolutely not. But does he give quite a lot of effort when he plays? Yes, I, effort I, merchant. You know, I, I, I respect it. I, I really do respect it. I I think I think it, I think like you know he he can be kind of like Morris in that you know if if we run the opposition defense ragged, then he could come on with that effort. He because the the thing that I've noticed about him most is while he has good effort and good ability to usually get in and around the box, uh, his finishing is god awful yeah he uh, like he lacks that fi- that finishing product not just with actually scoring goals but also getting assists to uh, other players he kind of lacks in that regard too that's why i said morris is just 
a better version of him. Not right. this, not the same player type necessarily, but in terms of output, Morris is just better than Ariola in my opinion. Yeah, I, no, I I agree with you. I I I, st- I still think Ariola is fine on the roster. Yeah, it's it, fu- it, it is fine. It, it's it's like fine, you know. It, it's it, it's <laughs> not it's not something that like outright disgusts me that he's there, but <laughs> but like you know I I I think that if he can be kind of almost like a decoy in like the, in, in those late stages sure. of games, you know, for like someone else to get into the box. Like if he can draw defenders away with his effort, you know, being, a, being an effort merchant and all that, uh, then great because it opens up space for others to score. If, right. if he can contribute like that, that's great. All right. So maybe not Ariel and Morris to start uh, most of the games, but Pulisic and Wea and Aronson is what we're leaning towards. The rotation is what I'm hearing. Right, yeah, I that's that's my thinking. All right, and uh, honestly, I'm also not disgusted that Ariola is here. Uh, I, I I think he is a, a fine player, going to be very good for FC Dallas, I I believe this season. And it, it's especially understandable when you look at the exclusions. Reyna obviously is out. Uh, hopefully, going to come back. Uh, the the game right after the international break. Uh, Conrad is a little bit of a question mark, but again, he potentially came just came back from injury might not need to come back right away and re-injure anything same thing with matthew hoppy even though matthew hoppy's not been on good form in the slightest now there's conrad really just not 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 too good mihalovich potentially could also fill in the winger role uh whether you want him or Ariola, i'd probably take mihalovich what am i saying yeah i don't know just uh, the the top of the winger depth chart is like wow this is amazing and the bottom's like yeah good okay <laughs> all right nothing too spectacular the the striker list i think is also relatively unspectacular even though i am a fan of uh at least two of these names uh one of them being ricardo pepe uh now of fc augsburg who i think is the obvious starter he's already scored three times for us this uh world cup qualifying windows and only 19 years old. And after moving to Augsburg, I'm sure he'll want more. You also have Jesus Pereira of FC Dallas, just recently re-signed for them on a designated player deal for big, big money. And we have Giassi Zardes of uh, the Columbus crew. Jack, there are two names or three names that are not on the list. One being Josh Sargent, one being Daryl DK, and one being Pfock. Would you take... Any of those names, other than DK, because he just got injured, but uh, assuming a healthy DK, would you take any of those uh, players over any of the three that did make it? Hmm. Uh, it's an interesting yeah. question, isn't it? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I would. Um, Sergeant, I think, could argue that he should be on the roster. I he scored that, okay. He scores two goals, which is good. But at the same time, what was he doing before then? Hey, uh, that's he all forced an own goal against Everton as well. So and you, before you that, well, how about okay, that? How okay. about the two one and a half years? <laughs> uh, he he had a hat trick in a game for Norwich in the <laughs> third in, in the second round of the EFL Cup. That that's true. That's true. <laughs> it is true. But, <laughs> but do you think that Sergeant maybe should have gotten a look here? I I think I think it, it's a possibility, but I understand why he didn't because. You know, he just had a kid that was born, so kind of makes sense that you know he he he's staying at home for a little bit. Uh, makes sense. I think I think yeah. it's I think it's fine that he's not on this one. You know, like you were saying, AJ, he hasn't done too much before this. The name 
that I'm actually sad about and the most sad about because this is my this is probably my favorite USMNT player. And that's PFOC. Why yeah. is he not here? He he's got the best celebration. He should yeah, get there along. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like that and also he's been on great form for uh for his club. Yeah. It, like he all he's also scored important goals for us when it counted. Uh that that uh diving header, you know, in the last minute of in the semifinals of the Nations League. Really important goal there. Yeah. Uh I, I think he, he should have made it over probably Zardes, if I'm being honest. Uh yeah. I I I the thing is, I don't I don't mind Zardes being on the roster either. I I th- I think he's fine as well. Uh but the fact that PFOC is excluded and he's on the roster instead makes me makes yeah. me upset. PFOC has 13 goals this season, all competitions. One of those competitions being the Champions League. Like, yep. hello? You know what I mean? Right? Exactly. I, 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 I am not a big Jossie Zardes fan. Like, listeners, long-time listeners will know that I think Jossie Zardes is a, a fine striker, but nowhere near the quality it, like needed to do well on this national team. Jesus Ferreira, I, I should say. I, I really like that pick. Unlike Pepe and Zardes, I think he could play a little deeper in case we want to shake things up late in the game, maybe connect a bit more, let the wingers do most of the work in front of the box. Pifok, I definitely would have taken over Zardes. Not a, not a knock against Zardes. Again, just like Ariola, it's fine at best and okay at worst. Like it, It's very like milk toast, right? Yeah. DK... I probably also wouldn't have called him in, even if he wasn't injured. Sucks really. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let him settle. You know, may, maybe West Brom should have let him settle a little bit more before playing him a bit too much. <laughs> not, not again. I'm not saying that that's the reason why he got injured, but definitely was a reason why the U.S. men's national team didn't call him in because, you know, he, he did play a lot of minutes last year. Let him settle with his club. Obviously, we'll now be forced to stay with this club a little bit longer for six to eight weeks due to a hamstring injury but yeah ricardo pepe jack is he your obvious choice for a starter there yeah out of these three names yeah he's the obvious pick for starter just made a big money move to europe uh club record fee for that club actually yeah yeah uh which is pretty impressive for a he did he just turn 20 i think or did he just turn 19 just I, turn 19 yeah jeez okay i'm uh, that makes me feel old and i'm only 21 so yeah. that that's great uh but yeah. uh yeah he 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 has looked decent for augsburg so far you know augsburg are a struggling team right now so right. it it makes sense that he's not going to absolutely light it up, light the league on fire right but mm-hmm. he he's looked promising in the in what i've seen from him so far uh, and I have watched <laughs> the Augsburg game that games that he's played in so far. Nice. And yeah, uh, w- one of their better players, I think I've seen for them. It, small sample size, but true. They're always looking to get forward, um, has had a few opportunities. Uh, but yeah, definitely my pick for strike. D- didn't, didn't he get a goal called back because of a offside or a foul? For a foul. Like half yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. So he 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 definitely knows how to score. Still, he he, he definitely yeah, knows how to do that. It's just, uh, you know, I I I think that that's that's the obvious choice for starting striker. Should he start all three games? Maybe no, not all no. three games. Uh, I I think and he's he a young it. guy, right? Yeah, he's but you still got to give him a rest. Uh, you know, making making a move to Europe, playing some some important games for them as well. 
I I, th- I think that like you rest him in at least one of the games, and and like if he plays in all three games, one of those is as a sub appearance. Okay, and who who's your second striker then? Is that Ferreira's? Or yeah, for, for I'd I'd rather see Ferreira get more time because he's like an exciting prospect that has a lot of potential. Whereas Zardes has kind of shown his okay. his cards, right. which is Tappins, kind of. <laughs> uh, no offense to him, he's fine. But yeah, I, I can't think of a Zardes goal for the U.S. that hasn't been a Tappin, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, he, he's had some goals that, do, do you count like goals that look like they might have been mistakes yeah. as Tappins? Yep, okay, yep, then, yeah. yeah, a lot of Tappins, <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. All right, well, Jack... Now that we covered the roster, we're going to go into some of the what we need to do to get the most points out of this uh, out of this window. How would you rate on a scale from A to F this roster getting into this January window? I'd say a B. You know, okay. it, it's it's not the best it can be, which is understandable given injuries and all that. Uh, but it there's still some room for improvement. I think uh, it's above okay. average. I, I'd say nice. I, it, it's not. I wasn't like. Uh, a ton of other U.S. fans who are just irate with with uh, with the decisions on some of the decisions on the roster, but I so yeah, B. Yeah, uh, a, a lot of a lot of U.S. men's national team fans. Well, it's kind of expected on Twitter, but a lot of them were just beside themselves with this roster, calling it maybe the worst roster that we've put out, which is not only hyperbolic but might show some age on some, on some of these fans, given yeah. that. Uh, if you've watched, I mean, I've only been watching them since like 2012, I want to say, or more like 2010, 2012 more seriously. But even I, in recent years, remember some pretty crappy names on, on the <laughs> roster that if you said, oh, do you remember when we said blank was going to be the next Pele? You'd be like, who was that? And why are they playing in the Swedish seventh division now? Like, <laughs> legitimately. I, I wish I was joking. Yeah. But I'd honestly say I'll be a little bit more pessimistic. I'll say a B minus. And again, a lot of that is due to injury and a lot of that is due to leaving Joe Scally and John Brooks out. So what can you do? Yeah, I oh yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah, I, I could okay. I could go I could go with a B minus, but I'll, I'll be I, I'm a little bit more optimistic about things, I think. Sure. So, B. yeah, to be clear, this roster has all the ability to get nine points out of this window like like legitimately and that that's that is the goal i should say because now that we're going into the thoughts going into the window we're at 15 points in second place and if you if you have read the athletic article from i believe it was sam stays i might be mistaken there uh they highlighted the possible scenarios in order for the u.s men's national team to qualify directly to the world cup in this window very difficult. They'd have to get nine points and a lot of other results go their way. But that kind of goes to show that this this pathway is in our it's in our hands, really. Like w- our destiny is under our control. Like We just need to get as many points as possible in this window, in the next window, hopefully before next window, because next window is Costa Rica and Mexico. And that seems a lot more difficult. <laughs> we need to make sure that we stay at the very least, in front of Costa Rica and Jamaica uh, in the fifth and sixth spots, but hopefully in front of even Panama 
in the fourth place spot. So going to the games, we have El Salvador at Columbus. I, I've done a little bit of research into some of these teams. Hugo Perez has El Salvador controlling the game, but that doesn't mean that they're going to have possession. It just means that they're going to come at you, try to score as many goals as possible, really be on the on the the front foot, you know, the gas pedal on the floor. That's that's how they want to play and begin games. But they don't have the depth to support this energy to, to play like this at this intensity for 90 minutes. And that's why they're in seventh place. So not looking great for them. This theoretically should be an easy game. Uh, we pick a lot of these games because it gives us home field advantage. Columbus has been very nice to us in the past. So we were returning there again. Jack, how would you want to line up this team uh, playing against El Salvador? And what would you, you know, have them do? M maybe a, a bit too much of a complex question, but I just want to hear your thoughts. Well, I think, first of all, is, you know, El Salvador, they're a fine opponent, but we usually do decent against them, yeah. uh, especially at home. So with that in mind, I think this is a game where you can afford to rest some of the stars here and there, you know, like save them for the Canada game, right? Like you were mentioning Tyler Adams, save him, uh, especially in a game against El Salvador where it could get kind of chippy with some fouls, uh, you know, so I, I'd say, you know, you can rest Tyler Adams, you might be able to rest, uh, you know, Pulisic or uh, another or another winger, uh, Wea, potentially, but, you know, I, I think that we can be a little bit, uh, we, we don't have to put out our absolute best lineup for this one out out of these three games uh i think that this is the one where we can afford to be a little bit a, a little bit more a little bit less conservative i guess on on that uh right. obviously there's a danger in underestimating any team but if i had to pick one game where you give some stars the rest it would be this one all right i tend to agree i i, I do think that now we're coming down to the wire the, the margin of error is getting smaller and smaller as every yep. game progresses and I, I don't want to look past El Salvador who are going to want to jump in the, jump in right away. And if we have players that can't handle that or have a lapse of judgment and it costs us a goal really early on, like against Jamaica, we might not be able to bounce back. And so I want I want Robinson and Richards as my center back. I, I should say there are like a couple players that are on lock no matter what for me. And that is Turner and goal. Dest and Robinson, if they're healthy, I'm starting them. Adams, you could rest him this game, but again, if he's healthy and he believes in himself not to get a yellow card, I'm starting him every single game. And Pepe, I'm starting every game. Maybe take him out early if the if the lead is secured or if something, uh, we just want to give him minutes. But those are like my five or so players that I really don't want to mess with. So the rest of the players, I'm fine rotating. I want... Robinson and Richards here because I really want to dominate the air with uh, Anthony Robinson and I think Richards would be able to you know pass the ball good to make up for maybe Robinson's focus on defense thanks to the El Salvador attack I'm sticking with the, the MMA uh, uh, midfield just because I really want to make sure we don't overestimate or underestimate El Salvador and I want Morris and Pulisic to start this game uh, and Aronson coming on early for either of them. Because I, I think that's the, the perfect lineup 
to play the way that we want, which is run them until they're tired, control the game, make them work until the 70th minute when they just can't run and they don't have enough depth to really stack up to our talent. And in which case, try to score as many goals late on, sub out uh, the important players, and then call it a day. That's just how I see that. Uh, then we have, a couple days later, on Sunday, Canada at Hamilton, Ontario. Herdman has got Canada playing very well. With that said, they are going to be missing some pretty key players, including uh, their best one, Alfonso Davies of Bayern Munich, as well as midfielder Stefan Eustachio, uh, definitely mispronounced that, of Eustachio. Porto. Eustachio? Wow, you really I think, killed that. I think that's how it's pronounced. All right, yeah, Eustachio of Porto, who has been really the heartbeat of, of uh, this Canada team as of late. It's only a rumor that he's out. He's still, I believe, with the team. But if if he's out, as well as Alfonso Davies, who unfortunately uh, had some heart issues, I believe, with due to COVID. Right. Uh, v- very, very scary. But Canada will be missing some key players there. Yet, they still have Jonathan David, Kyle Laren, Tejon Buchanan, and Richie Larea. They're still capable of any upset, you know, even with a, a pretty strong U.S. men's national team team. And they can hold their own against Mexico and Edmonton. They had 50% of the possession and created chances at a comparable rate to Mexico. Jackie, you said you wanted to rest your, your starters for this game. Are you going all in away at Canada? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's, why, that's why I say you can rest some starters. Because if you look at the difference uh, in the teams we're playing this window, we're playing the two teams that are at the bottom of this table at home. Right? That's, that's a yeah. nice position to be in. You you need to win that Canada game, right? Like you, like, I mean, you don't need to necessarily, but you really want to if you want to pull ahead in this. Uh, and I think I think we can do it. You know, we uh, especially Canada missing Alfonso Davies, huge miss for them, as you were saying. Uh, but yeah, I, I think this is the game where you go for it. You, you definitely have to. Uh, so I, I think I, you start your your best players. So for me, that's Turner. Uh, Anthony Robinson, Miles Robinson, Chris Richards, and then Serginio Dest, Adams, uh, as long as he didn't get a yellow card in the first game. Sure. McKenney, uh, Musa, and then Pulisic, Pepe, and Wea, I think, is is, is who I'd go with. I, right. it, it's a toss-up between Aronson and Wea for me. Sure. I, I see things pretty similarly. However, I, I think I'd pick a, some different players I, I want Zimmerman and Robinson to start this game because I, okay. I I just want a very dependable defense. I We know that that partnership works. We know that those two are some of our best defenders in the pool right now that are with us right now. So I want them there. I have seen some discussions of not starting Dest on the right because if, we, if you've noticed, Sergio Dest does not really play well away from home. However... Given the chance to not have to go against Alfonso Davies, because, you know, Davies would be on the left, he'd be on the right, it's a matchup. And given Des, it, uh, a little bit of defensive failings, that's kind of a, a match made in, you know, a pretty bad place, I should say. <laughs> Him having freedom on that side seems very, very good to me. So I think I'll stick with Des there. If, if it looks like he might not be up for it, maybe Yedlin, I don't know. Uh, MMA midfield, 
even though I would be, I'd honestly be okay with, with Delatore starting in place of Musa, because I, I think, I think Musa is very attacking, and I want, I, I want this midfield to be very focused on controlling the midfield and progressing the ball in. I'm not going to say safer ways because that sounds like we're playing too conservatively, but in ways that doesn't let Canada get settled into the game, even if it's at their home. And I'd pick Pulisic and Aronson just because I think given Wes' injury and his form and Aronson's form, I think Pulisic and Aronson are our best technically gifted and skilled wingers. And Pepe starts as always. And then we get to the frozen North Minnesota in St. Paul, Honduras at St. Paul. <laughs> uh, Honduras are dead last. If I'm being honest, they, they, I don't think they've won a game. Uh, they've they won. Have, or, wait, they, they have three points. Hold on. Let, let I me, think let me I honestly think they've, they've drawn three. If they have. Yep, you are correct. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We need to win this. And yeah. it's it's very scary because we need to win this. Oh, gosh, I'm getting stressed just thinking about it. We need to win this game against a last place team should be easy points at home but it might be negative degrees when you account for wind chill next wednesday i i am i'm nervous not just for my own personal health i'm nervous for how the field's gonna look i'm nervous for how the players are gonna react i'm, I'm nervous if if fifa forces us to postpone the game oh. but this should on paper be an easy game Honduras just fired their manager after the sixth uh, game day I want to say but Albert Elise is one of the best CONCACAF players right now on club and country form and then you look at Romel uh, Kyoto and Anthony Lozano that's an counter-attacking trio to fear and of course they're going to be sitting back and of course that might work in their favor when you look at how the field is going to be maybe a frozen tundra come Wednesday so the question is, what do we do? Well, in my mind, every Central, not every Central American team, every team that is not named Mexico or the U.S. just does not have the depth to compete in a three window or a three game window without a significant drop off in play. So by the time that third game day comes around, I think Honduras are going to be tired. I think they see this as maybe a wash so they they put in their best effort for the other two games. And once the USA comes in, there's like, all right, let's just try our best. So we have to just run them off the ground, like have them, you know, it's going to be icy, have them slipping around, you know, do a couple of crossovers, uh, you know, really make them work if they want to have any chance. So for me, I'm going Richards and Zimmerman. Cause I think Richards, uh, can, you know, start that attack right from the back. And Zimmerman's a very good defender there. I'm going for the, the two runners in this team. I'm going way on Aronson as the wing, giving Pulisic uh, the game off so he can really work hard in Canada and not have to worry about this. And I'm going MMA in the middle, control everything. Don't let Elise or, or uh, Lozano get any chance to get in the midfield and do something. And yeah, that's how I see that game. Jack, uh, I'm guessing you're not going to bring out all the starters here because we you focused on canada what are you thinking about that yeah i i I don't think it's like an all the starters type game but Uh uh-huh it's it's definitely one where you still bring out some starters uh maybe it's just me being selfish and wanting to see them play uh but uh, dude i i cannot even even if it's on the bench even if it's a sub appearance the second christian pulisic comes on i'm going to 
I'm gonna start crying, and then the tears are gonna freeze on my face, oh, and I'll start crying even more. I'm I'm wearing my Pulisic jersey uh, to to this game. That that's oh, nice. that that's my plan for this. But uh, yeah, I I think you know beyond just resting some players, I think one thing that I want to pay attention to as well is making sure you get some players some time who are used to playing in a little bit of colder temperatures. Okay, so right? that would be. I, maybe Aronson because he plays in Austria and MLS guys as well because they're they're traveling yeah. up north uh, and 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 uh, so I I think I think that's that's part of, part of this as well you know I, I think um, I think Christian can do it too if you mm-hmm. do want to yeah. play him because he plays in you know England which is I mean, gets yeah, cold if, in the if, winter if you, play, if you play in Newcastle I mean in the winter yeah. right like or if you if you end up up there uh but a- a- any of the german players as well yeah yeah sure yeah i mean like there there's a lot of players that that could that could fit that bill but i i just think it's important because if if we want to capitalize on the advantage that u.s soccer clearly wanted us to have in this game mm-hmm. the set making a team from central america come up to a really cold place when they play in like war- really warm temperatures then that's how you do it. Like you make right. sure that the players you choose actually also have that advantage and aren't disadvantaged by the the very thing that you try and help your your team with, right? So that that's that's what I would say with that. So so maybe you don't pick a Serginho Des to play because he yeah. he's used to. I guess he plays. He played in the Netherlands. He grew up there, so maybe he's used to it. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I feel like Netherlands is a little bit more temperate than <laughs> Minnesota right now, which. Uh, no, uh, for really? the listeners who don't live in Minnesota right now, or not right now, earlier this morning in Minnesota, it was with the wind chill like negative thirty three degrees. Yeah, it I, was very bad. Hey, I will say it is twenty seven degrees right now. It's 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 nice and warm outside. Oh, dude! If it if it's twenty seven degrees on Wednesday next week, I'm coming in with I'm coming in with shorts and a shirt. I'm I'm grilling while the game's going on. That, that's a uh, I'm throwing around a beach ball. It's perfect. That's perfect weather. Yeah, no. I hate to break it to you, but the forecast that I'm seeing says 13 degree high. So, <sighs> well, better bundle up, better bundle up. Well, Jack, with that out of the way, the last question that we ask every window: How many points does it take to make this window successful in your mind? What are the results that we need? At least seven is what I'll say. All right, at least kind, seven. <laughs> kind of uh, par for the course recently. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, beat the two teams that you should at home, lower in the table, and draw or better against Canada. Cool. That That's the path to the qualifying. All right. All right. Seven points. If we get seven points, I'll call this window good. Call it nine points, call it great. Six points, I'll call it okay. Anything less than that, and we might be staring at a little bit of trouble. Uh, before we go, I'm going to read out the scenarios for all of our listeners uh, for clinching a World Cup berth, automatically getting the, the, uh, clinching a top three spot in this Ocho. This is what needs to happen. All of this needs to happen, right? U.S. needs to win all three matches this window against El Salvador, Canada, and Honduras. And then third place Mexico or, four, or fourth place Panama loses all three of their matches. So... Please, every team that plays Panama, please beat them. Fifth place, Costa Rica gets five points or, f- or fewer. And sixth place, Jamaica gets seven points or fewer. Those those two, 
the, the latter two seem a lot more plausible. I could definitely see Costa Rica and Jamaica dropping major points. Mexico or Panama losing all three of their matches might be a, a little bit harder, and us obviously getting nine points. That's in our control, but it's also very hard. If nothing else, I think as long as Mexico and Panama drop some points and Costa Rica and Jamaica lose the points that they're expected to, I think we're going to be in a good spot. But there's also, you know, the scenario that we can possibly clinch uh, at least fourth place. And because we're playing New Zealand in the internet intercontinental playoffs, that would be okay too. And that would take nine more points this window than Mexico or Panama. I don't know if that means that we have to get nine, they get zero, considering there's only three. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, at least four more points this window than Costa Rica. At least two more points this window than Jamaica. And one more point this window than El Salvador. And no less than two fewer points this window than Honduras. Uh, and, and, and that is at any of the following. If any of the following happens, we will at least clinch top four, which is... Pretty possible pretty pretty possible jack confidence meter last thing one to ten how are you feeling Ooh, um we'll go seven we'll go seven like oh we're i'm feeling pretty good uh a little nervous about weather a little nervous about canada um but <laughs> yeah I, I i'd say like seven or actually no eight because it's canada without alfonso davies which is canada still good yes but also, Alfonso Davies is a very good player, and not playing against him helps us. Yes, I will go with seven as well. All right, Jack, that was the January window for World Cup qualifying. Uh, if any listeners would want to listen to us, or not listen, I guess read us, uh, read what we have to say about this window, where can they find us on social media? Well, they can find us on Twitter at Final Third Show, Instagram, same exact handle. Uh, you can look out on there for us posting anything about AFCON. You know, we had some crazy penalty shootouts. We've been yeah. covering AFCON all literally every day, it feels like, uh, which is great <laughs> because AFCON's great. Uh, you can also check out, check out on there for when we make it to the stadium, hopefully, uh, and see how many layers we're, uh, we're wearing. I think I'm planning on four or five. Four or five? Yeah, I think so, too. Probably going to break out the snow pants or at least a uh, double pants it up you know yeah, what i yeah. mean no i'm gonna look like randy from uh christmas story if you if you oh, if absolutely yeah absolutely I'll, I'll have hopefully i'll have my my u.s soccer scarf arrive by then but I'll, I'll have a regular scarf as well as u.s soccer scarf probably my gloves my hat uh i'll, I'll bring it all out don't worry yep, about it don't yep. worry about it all right well jack that is it from us. Everybody that's listening, definitely look at our website, finalthirdshow.com, if you want a central place for all of our listening platforms. Give us a review or rating wherever you listen to us on. All reviews help. Tell a friend about the show. Tell your dad even about the show. I'm sure he'd love to get mad with us about Sebastian Legette and Christian Roldan being on this roster. We'll see you guys next Monday for a, a, a very uh, fun News and Predictions episode. And we'll see you guys next Thursday, where hopefully we won't be, you know, suffering from frostbite. Same time, same place for a deep dive episode. See ya. Bye for now.